0: Hi, this is Anushka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So there's some discoveries that can be made uh, through the practice that are insights that can come uh, on a level of understanding one's past or uh, psychological insights or uh, even uh, identity insights as I described last night. But also there's a way in which we have this opportunity to get (laughs) get under the story (laughs) and tune into this much more detailed level to see like how does our life get created like this idea of what we experience as our life as ourselves what is this how does this come about so we've already been doing that substantially through tuning into the experience of the body and emotions and thoughts and you know, we've talked about sensory experience and how our life is these different uh, experiences arising passing So there'll be a sound, and then there's a thought about it, then there's a body sensation, there might be a smell, thought about that, and so on. So this morning I wanna focus on one uh, aspect of that is very helpful to tune into to understand, particularly how a sense of uh, suffering arises for us. So, uh, In each of these sensory experiences, there's um, kind of a tonal quality to it uh, that you could call either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So it's kind of like a valence to each experience. So a sound can register in a moment as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. A smell, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. The sight, even a thought. And then the helpful thing to recognize is that that just arises on its own, And it can just be as it is. Like it's possible for there to be even a very strong, unpleasant sensation come up. And you could be with that and know it, but it doesn't actually have to be a problem in some way. Usually, however, our habitual response to the tonal quality, kind of the the valence of this experience is to react to it. And actually to react to it in a very habitual way. So if it's a pleasant experience, like of a taste or a sight, we want more of it, right? Like we want more pleasant in our life, so then we lean into it. And then it's possible for the mind to get sort of obsessed with that, like I want more of that, I need more of that. If it's unpleasant, the reaction is that we push it away, so we want to get rid of it, or we hate it. So when we hate it, we get obsessed with it in a different way, right? Like, want this to stop, must stop, and sort of the the universe narrows in some way. And then with the neutral ones, we might have a tendency to kind of space out with them. You could check out and see if this is true. If if the times in which you go into fantasy or story or just lose track of what's happening, you know, lose uh, some continuity of the mindfulness, it could be when there is something neutral, like neither here nor there. So then we end up bouncing around between pleasant and grabbing at it, unpleasant, pushing it away. Uh, and we have some idea that the problem is the sensation itself or the experience. And like, oh, if only this thing would stay, if only I could have more of this, or if only this thing would go away, uh, then I'd be happy. So so there's a key to uh aspect of... of what can be learned and the insight that can be there is that it's possible for there to be some sense of well-being regardless of whether the experience that comes up is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So our usual recipe for happiness is I'm going to line up all pleasant sensations for now until the rest of my life. You know? uh, so I'm going to only try and have people treat me the way I want to be treated and say things I want them to say to me at exactly the right time and I'll only have all the food that I like and I want the weather to be exactly how I like it to be and I'll get the right clothes, I'll listen to the right music, you know, I'll have the perfect job, I'll find the perfect partner, I'll have the perfect wedding, you know. But this recipe usually doesn't work out, (laughs) partly because most of this stuff is not under your control. Arguably, all of it is not under your control. The weather is constantly changing, and it kind of an impact the ways that your body is changing, let alone someone else who you might find who's put in the category of perfect partner, and jobs come and go, and food, and all this stuff. So, it's really helpful to tune into this aspect, this pleasant, unpleasant, neutral dimension, and also to notice the reactivity. Because it's actually in the reactivity that there's suffering. And we think the problem is with the pleasant sensation, with the unpleasant sensation, with the thing we want or not want. But it's actually the wanting or the not wanting. It's actually that dynamic, that movement of mind that is the suffering, uh, the obsession, the addiction. So we think, oh, if I get this thing, then it'll be fine. And sometimes we get the thing, and then we're like, oh, fine, phew, finally. But then a new thing pops up. So it's almost like there's a sort of insert photo here aspect to this dynamic. Insert photo here to the thing I need to have in order to make my life perfect or thing I need to get rid of for everything to be okay. And it keeps changing. So that could be on a smaller level here. It could be like, oh, when uh, I find the exact right sitting posture where there's no unpleasant sensations in the body or uh, if I get the last banana at breakfast or you know <laughs> retreat things they used to have uh, as I was describing how this place used to be they used to have you know at the mugs um, they didn't all used to be the same color I think they got them at some yard sale or something but it was like a big random hodgepodge of mugs so you would get one and it would be like world's greatest grandpa or you know something like that but then you could notice it was actually a very interesting practice because you could notice you get attached to that mug you know it's like, oh, I want to get World's Greatest Grandpa again, you know? <laughs> so then you could see the mind as you're approaching the cup stand being like, where's World's Greatest Grandpa? Like, <laughs> And then the whole world would narrow in that moment. It's like, oh, there's just me and the mug stand, right? And everything else, like everyone else is just an obstacle to, uh, like me getting exactly what I want, which I really need to have. You know, the mind would tell this story so in that case it's you know it's it's kind of humorous um especially since you haven't experienced this uh, urge for this mug thing here maybe um but observe like look during the day at how the mind sometimes just collapses on something like that you know and it's exactly that ridiculous <laughs> whatever it is like i need this i want this i have to get this i have to have this walking path i have to have this right Uh, observe the suffering in the mind and we think the problem is that I don't have the walking path or I don't have this thing or whatever but actually the suffering is in the leaning of the mind you know which is based in delusion so we're kind of positing a permanence on something that is impermanent that's going to change anyway or that's going to be a temporary experience so we can uh, practice and observe this in our experience uh, both in the sitting and then as you go around in the uh, your day here. So let's sit together for a little while. So we can connect with the experience of the body here. You can feel whatever is most noticeable, the sense of the solidity of the body connected to the chair, cushion, ground. You can notice even the temperature, heat, coolness different in different places and changing. And we might notice in the body that there might be some area that is feeling uh, particularly pleasant today. It could be something as simple as noticing that the in-breath or even part of the in-breath might be pleasant and. or maybe an area of skin that's exposed or covered. So you can see if you can notice this quality of the pleasantness of it. Sometimes it happens in the mind that there's a mind state of joy or spaciousness that's pleasant. And notice if you can meet this with mindfulness, allowing it to be just as it is. Or if there's a habitual grasping at it, you could notice that too. And just as this experience of the body has arisen, unscripted, unbidden, is there on its own, so too is the pleasant quality. Not you, not yours. Just an aspect of the arisings. Likewise, you could find some area in the body where there might be some unpleasant sensation. It might be strongly unpleasant that you would label pain, or it could be even just low-grade unpleasant and discomfort. So similarly, it's possible to bring mindfulness to that experience, to know the vibrating or tension or pulling (coughs) and to tune into that dimension of it that's unpleasant without it having to go into a contraction of the mind around it or hating it or pushing away. And notice how this sensation changes and even within one experience there can be a variation of unpleasant and then neutral and unpleasant or even pleasant thrown in sometimes. This too is subject to change and not ours. There can be no ownership. Sometimes the harder one to locate is a neutral experience. So we're not used to paying attention to that. So, is there some experience that's neither pleasant nor unpleasant? What's that like? And we also bring attention to that experience. It could be the experience of breathing or some part of the breath also feels fairly neutral. Or some dimension of the body that you usually don't pay attention to experience of nose or chin and notice also as you tune into it maybe it changes perhaps then you can notice it being pleasant or unpleasant or varying And see what is the relationship of the mind to this experience. So it's possible to notice this tonal quality with any sense experience, with sound, with objects in the mind, with the physical body. You can notice particularly if you have some urge to move or itch, just before you do that, see if you can tune into, oh, what's the quality of that? What's going on here? And notice what the energetic movement is towards pushing that away, changing that. So we get underneath the story of our life to see how the world is constructed. There can be a lot of freedom from tuning into this way in which this code underlies all of our experiences in life. notice where your attention is. And whatever that object of attention is, whatever you're noticing, what's the quality of that? Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Is it neutral? And what's the relationship to that? Is there openness? Is there a pushing away? Is there a grabbing at? Energetically, a clinging, grasping. It's difficult to tune into this pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. That's okay. Just continue with your practice of awareness in whatever way is known to you now. Even if it feels like all you're doing is taking half a breath and having the mind run off again, over and over. It's okay, they are learning about the difference between the mental field and the field of the body. So even just recognizing that, ah, okay, thinking, you're breathing, thinking, breathing, This is also a good practice. So when you tune into the sound of the bell, you can also notice a pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Does it change or waver as the sound passes? And then other sounds in the room that you might hear. What's the tonal quality of that experience? And is there any reaction in the mind?